Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Impossible Podcast. On today's show, I've got Ray Dalton. Ray is a singer, songwriter, and musical artist. If his name sounds familiar, you'll definitely recognize his voice. He was the hook on Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's song, Can't Hold Us, which is certified platinum in 2013, and one of my top three all-time favorite pump-up songs. When Ray gets on the mic, you can't help but notice his voice, and he just stands out. He makes a song sing. like It's awesome. So, I had a great time interviewing him. We had a great time just hanging out, sitting down and chatting. Uh, We talk about inspiration, creativity, his process for coming up with songs, how music just flows out of him. We talk about his story and how he adjusted from going and singing in local gospel choirs to being the guy on the song on one of the biggest songs of the year. It's an awesome story. It's an awesome interview. You're going to really enjoy this one. But before we get into the show, if you guys want to support the show, go ahead on over to impossiblegear.com and pick up an Impossible shirt. When you pick up a shirt, it's not just a t-shirt. It's a reminder to keep pushing your limits every single day and knock something off your Impossible list. I'm not going to say that you're going to become a platinum-selling, award-winning musical artist, but I'm also not not saying that. So check it out, impossiblegear.com. Get one today. Also, chat on over to movewellapp.com. If you guys are sitting down, if you're sitting down, if you're working out, if you're trying to take care of your body in better ways, trying to get healthier, trying to get stronger, trying to get better in any way, shape, or form with your body, you have to take care of it. Movewellapp.com is 10-minute mobility routines to help you get stronger, get faster, and start moving well. This is maybe the easiest 10 minutes you can do a day to help you get stronger, recover from injuries, and get faster. I built this to help myself get started with recovery and rehab. 10-minute mobility routines, super simple, super straightforward, and uh, it makes recovery and taking care of yourself and doing mobility work a lot easier and way less painful. Okay, guys, that's it for all the announcements. Let's go ahead and get into my interview with Ray Dalton. All right, guys. So today on the show, I've got singer, songwriter, and artist Ray Dalton. Ray, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. So I, uh, I told you I had a story for you about one of your songs. Okay. And uh, so I've got a thing on my site called Cold Shower Therapy, and it's a mindset practice mm-hmm. for people to get used to doing something uncomfortable. And so the idea is instead of taking a normal warm shower, you take a cold shower. Yeah. And so this has become a sort of a thing in my community. Uh-huh. And... We built an app that lets you like time yourself and track your showers or whatever. And then it, there's a feature that lets you pick a song for like a pump up song. Really? And <laughs> I came out with the app 2012, like right around this time, Can't Hold Us Down came on. Yeah. And so that was my go to pump up song for <laughs> basically the last like four or five years. So all of that to say, you are personally responsible for me taking maybe the most amount of cold showers that I've ever (laughs) taken at one point. That song's been on the background for almost all of that. So I don't know if that's weird or not, but I figured we'd kick that off. I'm not ever weird by things like that at all. I'm glad I could help you out. (laughs) There's like three songs that are my go-to pump-up songs. Mm -hmm. If uh, I have to go work out and I don't want to, or I'm trying to like just bust through something, there's like Till I Collapse by Eminem. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Can't Be Touched by Roy Jones Jr. It's the only time an athlete has gone to make like a rap album and it has a couple good songs on it <laughs> wow and then can't hold us is uh the other one so very nice i'm, glad. Done. I'm glad i can help you out there <laughs> <laughs> so i want to get into a little bit of your creative process in a little bit mm-hmm. but before we get started with that i want to kind of dive into your background you can sing when did you find out that you could sing um you know 
when I was actually really little, I was probably first grade and my um, first grade teacher, music teacher, you leave for music class and she heard me sing and she sent me home with a note that wanted my parents to come in and she talked them into having me join like a children's choir. And you had to try out for this choir. And, you know, it's like the Seattle Children's Choir. Like at the time, it was like, a, and I'm sure is a big deal. But yeah, that's how, like, I was oh, you discovered at six voice. years old. Yeah. So, and then my mom always said growing up, like, oh, you have a good voice. And I'm like, yeah, right, mom, you're just saying that. <laughs> so that's how it all started. You got in this children's choir, started singing the children's choir. And then I quit because I, I wanted to play sports and I didn't have enough time to like hang out with my friends and and I just wanted to focus on sports and I did that for maybe three years. Yeah. And then in high school, people heard me sing like my sophomore year and they're like, you have a really good voice. And I was like, oh, really? That's what my mom says. But <laughs> I always think she's lying to me. But yeah. yeah and then. It kept like, oh, you're really good. You're very talented. And yeah. Yeah. That's when it. So it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. You kept doing middle school, high school. Yes. I, I was reading some story that said you had a goal at some point to work with every hip hop group in Seattle. Or you were kind of trying to finagle that. Well, I joined the Total Experience Gospel Choir, which is an incredible choir. And um, my friend Camila Recci, she got me into the choir. She would sing the hooks on these rappers songs and i thought it was the coolest thing and i was like that's what they do on the radio i really 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 want to do that so bad and she was like yeah i can get somebody you know you can work on writing or making melodies or whatever you know and then this guy named scribes was the first guy who was like yeah i love your voice like let's do music and then it started from there and how old are you then oh i'm like maybe 17 Really? And just people were picking up on it and they're like, this guy's yeah. got something. And then every year I'd be like, I'd work with three rappers. And then the next year it was like four rappers. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle has a weirdly very good, but unexpectedly good underground hip hop scene. That yeah. I didn't realize until a few years ago when one of my friends introduced me to Blue Scholars yeah. and Common Market mm -hmm. and some of those guys. I was like, holy cow. Like you don't think of Seattle when you think of hip hop groups or like musical communities, but the more I started like digging into this and then talking to you a little bit and then with Macklemore and everyone else like that, there's like a, a whole community back here. It's so unique here. Yeah. You could find anything here. Opera singing, hip hop obviously is the big thing. It's kind of like a movement here. And with that, you find great gems of like singers and spoken word artists. It's just always been eclectic. Yeah. It has everything. That's crazy. Yeah. So how did you, you started doing songs for different people here and there. And then yeah. did you just kind of get rolled into that community from just poking around and doing songs for people? Or what, were people coming up to you say, hey, I've got a hook, sing the hook? Or were you writing stuff, kind of pitching it? Like, what did that process look like? No, it, well, it started with Scribes. And then um, it started with uh, me doing a song with Saul, who is an also incredible hip-hop artist in Seattle. Uh, we did a song, I Need Your Love. Then people would hear that song, and I'd go to shows, and I'd meet other artists, and I was always like, 
I'd love to do a song with you because I was really inspired by them. You know, I really thought it was really cool, like yeah. the different styles of of rap. Okay, and to like make hooks for the different styles yeah. of artists, and it was like always so fun. Yeah, to me, and I really wanted to work with everyone at that time. Yeah, um, so that just was my mindset. I just go up to people. Hi, I'm Ray. I'd love to do a song with you. And I always did it after I was done singing. So they're like, oh, this guy can sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or right before I'm about to go on stage, be like, oh, you're so dope. I'd love to do a song with you. And then go sing yeah, my yeah. ass off to impress them. Mm-hmm. Basically an audition right there. Yeah, kind of. I like that. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> you can't just you say, hey, I want to sing for you and then just bomb. Like you definitely have to step your game up after that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm very competitive too. So I'm like, hmm. So this isn't even actually on my notes, but I'm curious, what's it like? So, you know, when other artists have songs and they bring you in on the hook, like the hook sometimes defines the song. So you get to come in and just put your stamp on other people's songs and it's like a good song and it's by that artist, but raise the guy singing the hook. And what's that like? Well, to me, I think the hook is the most important part yeah. of the song. <laughs> I think it really is. And what's cool is I hear melodies in my head every single day, all day in my head. Really? And um, when I hear a certain song, usually it's just the production. I'll hear the production and then this melody pops up in my head and then we write the words together or I write the words and then that's how the hook comes. It just like, comes. Just comes. Yeah. So I was actually going to get into this whole thing on your creative process. Let's hold off on that for a second, okay. but... I'm curious. So once you get into talking to some of these hip hop artists, you start, you know, begging them or like, "Hey, listen, listen, I want to go sing. You're gonna, you're gonna want me on, on that hook. Trust me." How long was it between then and then, like the Macklemore connection? It took some time, but it also was fast, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because you're still 17, 18 at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because Ryan Lewis heard that song "I Need Your Love" okay. with Saul, okay, and he approached me on Facebook and yeah. was like, "I heard that song." I'd love to work with you. I'd love for you to just come by. Yeah. You know, not knowing really any, what and, was going on with him or Ben at the time. And they weren't that big of a deal outside of... No, I don't... Yeah. I feel like they weren't. Well, the heist, sure the heist was when they blew up. Oh, the up. heist wasn't even out. Yeah. yeah. So I think they had just released an EP together. Yeah. Just released an EP. Okay. Yeah. So it was really new, really fresh. And this guy's like, come on over. And I'm Talk like, to me. I'm a whore. I'm going to go, okay. <laughs> you know, only people that I vibed with and that I thought were talented. I wasn't just like going with anybody who would who rapped and sing or anything like that. It was always people that inspired me who I thought were incredible. So that's, I'm like, heck yeah, you're dope. Let's do it. Yeah. And so then what happened with that? Because you guys did Wings? Yeah, I started doing opera on Wings. I do like some opera stuff on Wings. Yeah. I would just... Sometimes Ryan would be like, come over and just sing melodies. And I would just do the wackest, sometimes beautiful, sometimes not beautiful, yeah. like melodies. Yeah. And Ryan would just like keep, okay, do it again, go it again, do it yeah. again. Okay, come the next day. And um, they had, they can't hold this beat. Yeah. And they have this beat and it's like a soccer World Cup. Dun, 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 you know, it's crazy. And I'm like trying to, you know, I, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I'm like singing about love and stars and the sea. And Ben is like, oh my gosh, writes these lyrics down. Sing this with that melody and, and then can't hold us. The hook. Yeah. Just like, boom. Yeah. Came to life. That's awesome. Yes. 
I read a funny story about how everybody says uh, the beginning of the words wrong. Here we go back. Versus can we yeah, go back? Here we go back. I'm like, do I need to pronounce better? <laughs> so what's the story right there with that part? Can we go back? Yeah. But wasn't like Ryan or someone asking you to repeat something along those lines? I, I read something like someone asked you to say like, oh, like sing that can we go back part again or whatever. You accidentally said, hey, can we go back? And then they, that became part of the song. You know, I just wrong? remember like, <laughs> no, but I just remember singing like, you know, I remember thinking of love and I was like, oh, can we go back to the stars and the seas and do, 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 do. Yeah. You know? And then Ben changed and made the lyrics. Yeah. He wrote the lyrics of the melody that I made. Yeah. Did you know it was going to blow up like it did? No, because I had no idea that any of this was going to happen. Yeah. I was used to them putting it on the radio, not the radio, the the internet, mm-hmm. and then people could listen to it whenever they want. Like, So what was the time frame between you going and singing, you know, coming in, singing hooks for people, doing the gospel choir, and then all of a sudden, Heist goes crazy, yours Can't Hold This is the second single off of it. How long is that transition period? And then what is that like going from like gospel choir to be like, oh, we're shooting a music video in New Zealand? <laughs> I, I want to say maybe three years they release can't hold this on like a bunch of internet blogs Mm -hmm. and then i think a year later they released thrift shop and same love and they're like okay we're gonna have can't hold this be the next single and i'm like really okay (laughs) all right i'm ready (laughs) you know and then you know it just started going and climbing and being played on the radio and it was like i want to say two years a year and a half it was fast it was like Whoa, I'm doing all these shows with him. Oh, can't hold this is on the radio. This is awesome. Yeah. How did how did that have to like were you able to process that in real time? You're like, oh my like life is changing right now in dramatic ways, or was it something like you're just focused on getting to the next show and doing the next song? Yeah, everything really didn't hit me till kind of after. Okay. Definitely towards the end. Everything was hitting me. Yeah. I always um sometimes I'm just late to the party emotionally and mentally. To yeah. like really understand what's going on, which is, you know, it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. But definitely was just like, oh, I'm still the normal me. Yeah. <laughs> I can go kick it. I can go do this. And it, you know, some people would say that's a little crazy. Ray, what are you doing? Don't do that. And I'd be like, oh, what? I, I'm just going to go kick it. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. And so you go do this Macmore thing. You kind of get hooked in with their crew. You do that big global tour and yeah. do the music video and everything like that. Now you're starting to do some of your own stuff yeah. and you're starting to do some singles. Like you've got two singles out in the last, what, six or eight months? Bass Down and... And If You Fall. And If You Fall. I think I know the guys that you shot the music video with because you shot that in Chicago, right? Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It's like Blaine and Blaine. a couple of those guys. Mm-hmm. My brother runs a production company and he's always doing stuff with those guys. I was like, I don't know if you worked on that set, but I know you know people that worked on that <laughs> set. But I'm curious, one of the things that I'm always interested in you know, whether I'm talking to like entrepreneurs or athletes or artists is, you know, how you go about your craft and how you go about doing the things that you do. And so I'm curious, like when you get into the creative process and you're coming in, people are asking you to write hooks or you're doing melodies or you're writing a song for yourself. Like what does your creative process look like? And then how do you go about that? And does that differ when you're doing your own stuff versus working on stuff for other people? When I work with other people, whether artists, if I'm writing a song for them or a hook for them, it's not about me. It's about them. Mm-hmm. It's what their story is and what they're trying to tell. And it's a very magical thing to tap into someone else's music flow from their sound to their lyrics to even their personality. 
you have to really get engaged to that. Yeah. For me, that's how I started writing music is tapping into other people's styles. Yeah. And with working with so many different people, I was always going into someone else's style and and sound. And I was always writing these hooks for all these incredible people. And I never really was like, oh, what's my sound? What's my style? When I had to go and write music for myself, it was always, I mean, God bless everyone who was working with me because I wanted to do so many different things. Mm -hmm. And at the time, all these people and labels were telling me, Yo, your voice is great. Your songwriting's great, but you need to find your own sound. Mm -hmm. And it always would get me so sad and frustrated because I was like, I mean, I have these songs that I just believe in and they would believe in them too, but they wanted me to be a publisher or writer for their company. And I didn't really want to do that. And so it is and has taken a long time for me to find my Ray Dalton sound, but I'm getting closer and closer and closer every time I'm writing music. Okay. And is that sound different than what it is on the hooks then? Like, so when you're coming in and doing a hook, are you, you're tailoring that to fit the artist that you're working with? Half and half. Yeah. It's half of the artist. And then, of course, it's always me. Yeah. Because it's that me sound. And not trying to be in it any way cocky. Yeah. It's just me, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what people want when they hear that voice. That's like, like oh, that's right. <laughs> I think the first time I heard you on that hook, I was like, how'd they get John Legend on this thing? I don't know if you like that comparison or not, but like you have like a, it's almost like a deeper, more uh, fuller voice than him. But you're just like, all right, I can rock with this. Like this is nice. <laughs> I think it's the vibrato when I'm singing really fast. Okay. It's the, Ooh, and he does the same thing too. Yeah. I think it's just the ending sound that sounds similar, but I mean, John Legend is incredible. So I'm always like, thank you. <laughs> nope, but it's not him. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So when you're trying to find your own voice. I know a lot of writers will deal with this too, where you're like, okay, you know, when you're first starting out writing, you kind of imitate people that you you like and you're like, okay, I'm going to kind of pull some things from here, from, some things from here, and I'm going to kind of imitate to kind of figure out what works for me. And then eventually I found the only way that I can find my voice in writing is just to write obscene amounts of time. <laughs> like yeah. you, and just like half of it's junk and then I have to throw it away and pretend like it, that never happened because yeah. otherwise I'll stop and won't keep going. It's true. But uh, what's that like with writing music and then, you know, singing? And is it a similar process? Is it different? When I'm writing music, I'm never thinking of anybody in mind. Um, I'm inspired by so many weird, bizarre music genres. So I'm never thinking, oh, I need to write a song like this. I always am just whatever the producer or the piano player or whoever I'm working with, they always play something that inspires me and melodies just come out of my face my mouth (laughs) like my ears my butt crack like they just come out and i always pick the best ones and i feel what i'm trying to sing is like the vibe of how i'm gonna approach the song in writing and it could be a love song it could be a fuck you song it could be a let's party or like let's turn up kind of song or it always just depends that's my process every single time when you go in to record how much of it is good material usable material that you can come back and rework and then bad material that you're like yeah (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna put that away and then what's the pruning process to get to the stuff or do you just come out and you're like that's it i'm not saying every time i (laughs) (laughs) i'm not like a golden goose (laughs) but um some things i'm not very crazy about some things have like 
oh, that hook's really good, but the verses suck. Or the verses are so cool, but the hook sucks. And sometimes I'm like, it's a good song. It's not next. Yeah. You know? When you're coming up with lyrics and the melody, you mentioned someone will play something and then just something comes out of you. Do you usually start with the music first? you start with the lyrics first? Does it matter or does it just kind of... I start with the music first, always. Okay. Always I start with the music. The music inspires me to make the melodies. Okay. And sometimes I'll just be walking down the street or I'll be at my tennis club (laughs) playing tennis and uh, I'll hear a melody in my head and I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. Yeah. And I send it to my my guy, Lenny. (laughs) Lenny. Lenny. Lenny will, will hear it and then he'll play some chords. To match it, and then we'll build the song. Okay. It's either melody that inspires me or um, chords of production or beats or, you know, just the piano or guitar. Then do you bring the lyrics back onto that? Or then I bring the lyrics towards the end. I think it's like my topping at the end. Okay. I'll make the words work, but I've got the notes and I've got the... Yeah, because you can sing the and and be (laughs) and happy. You make it work. Yeah. Do you have any like creative habits that you do? As far as like getting ready, you know, if you're going to go into a studio or, you know, you've got like a writing session coming up, like do you have habits that you use to get you ready for what's coming up? Yes. I don't drink any alcohol. Okay. A week prior. Oh, wow. Um, There's some other things I don't do, which I don't know if I should say. (laughs) You can say it if you want. Um, No, I won't say (laughs) (laughs) There's just certain things I, um, it's not drugs or anything like that. Um. Nothing sexually. Okay. I don't do anything. Not every time, but most of the time, I, I think you can really get the pure emotion if you haven't done anything sexually. Okay. Just like maybe a boxer would. Yeah. Before a fight or certain athletes don't do that. Have you ever read Think and Grow Rich? You, no, I haven't. He basically studied a bunch of the old rich guys, like JP Morgan, like back in the 20s or mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day, and like was talking about like different habits that they would have. And one of them was like the creative transmutation of sexual energy and so he's like you want to restrain yourself in that category because you can actually take that energy and be creative and make things with it and that's interesting that that's the alcohol is one thing and then that's another thing it's like it's interesting that that's a like a creative force that you can harness in some ways i think with that i feel i'm a very emotional person and i think if if i'm having if it's sexual it's always it's based from emotional in a very loving type of way. And I don't want to give that up. I rather put that in my music and it helps me get really vulnerable and really emotional. And I think it really, it unlocks a whole new thing in my brain with alcohol. It's just to make sure my voice isn't, I'm not damaging my voice. I want to be 55 years old and my voice still sounds the same. Everyone's always like, oh, I'm doing drugs. I'm smoking this. I'm doing that. And I'm like, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, so-and-so does it. They sound great. I'm like, yeah. But then in 10 years, they're going to sound like crap. Yeah. You know? Do you find alcohol has an effect on your creativity at all? Or is it just it just purely the voice? No, because I don't depend on alcohol to be creative. I can be creative sober. I can be creative having a sip of tequila you know, or having a bunch of tequila, you know, I don't depend on anything to be creative. Okay. Do you have any other habits that you use to kind of protect your voice that are weird? Not weird, but like my brother's a sound engineer. Yeah. He's really particular about the types of headphones that he'll use or just like noise blockers when he's going to specific noisy areas. Like I got to have my ears Mm. 
and I think he has an insurance policy on like it's you know it's it's, it's things that <laughs> yeah. if that's your livelihood definitely should have but most people would not necessarily think about that yeah I sleep with a humidifier every night okay it blows like steam yeah mist in the air to just keep everything the vocal cords moist and yeah. the nostril not drying out I drink a lot of herbal teas okay like that the Indians used to make like just some weird stuff Things like that. I'm just a freak about my voice. Okay. When I started first singing, I was like, oh, you know, nothing bad could never happen. And then I had like, I think I had swollen um, vocal cords. Ooh. And it freaked me out. And I was like, I couldn't sing for a week. Yeah. You can't talk. You can't sing. And they give you steroids. Make the swelling go down. So I just remember just so depressed and sad. And I couldn't talk. And I'm very recharged by people. So it was really hard to be around people because I, I couldn't talk. And I just remember, I don't ever want to be in this situation ever again. And so now I do whatever it takes. So i never in that situation okay. again. Yeah. Do you have any other maintenance things that you do? I warm up. I do vocal exercises. I have a vocal coach that I, that I meet with every blue moon just to... He'll give me exercises that I need to improve on. Yeah. And then, you know, for six months, I work on that by myself. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to take my, see how I'm doing. And he'll be like, you know, work on this. I'm always practicing. Yeah. I always want to get better. What's it like to, you know, you've done some of these singles have blown up. You start to do your own stuff and you still have a coach. I always think it's really interesting when, you know, people in their day-to-day job or just life or whatever, like, oh, I feel like I'm doing pretty good right now. And they don't have coaches. And then you look at like professional athletes and even professional athletes will have a coach that's always like checking in on them or like, Hey, do this and hold them accountable. I could see it being really easy to just be like, Oh, I'm Ray Dalton. I don't need to, <laughs> I'm good. And uh, have someone hold you accountable or give you exercises like that. I look at it as I, like I am an athlete. I'm inspired by, you know, I grew up playing tennis. So I'm inspired by athletes. Athletes are some of my biggest inspirations. Serena Williams, Floyd Mayweather, Roger Federer, Juan Del Patro, those people are incredible athletes. And they're always getting better. And I feel like I got to do the same. You know, the music industry is always changing and you have to always change to always be better. I feel vocally. And being able to make everything last for a very long time. For me, that's the goal, to last forever. So having a coach really helps those things. I feel. And I kind of get to feel like I'm an athlete, like I'm still living the tennis days. Not that I'm like Serena Williams or Roger Federer in any way, but it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, I got to do these to take care of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about that for a second, because when you're doing some of these, uh, you're coming into the studio and writing hooks for people, you're coaching tennis for a while. I was a coach one time. I like helped some friends get on the varsity team. <laughs> and I said that to someone and they put it into like, oh, you're a tennis coach. It's like complex or something. Yeah, like, like they spin it something crazy. No, I just was obsessed with tennis. Yeah. I still am. You're pretty good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to toot my own horn, but I've been playing for a long time. And I actually, that's that's like my release. So I play. Tennis is one of those things that you're like, I was always, I always put basketball and I, I did track and field through javelin for a little bit. And tennis was always one of those things. I was like, how hard can tennis be? And then I played tennis a couple of times. It's like, okay, I get it. I'm terrible at this. And <laughs> way more respect to everyone who does this. <laughs> My peak achievements are just trying to hit 
my brothers with when we we're playing tennis we just try to hit each other and that was like our main goal because we're not going to actually score win this game so i'm just going to try to abuse you in the process but yeah everyone starts and they're like i just want to hit the shit out of the ball and then <laughs> they hit the ball and then it's like over the fence or it's like in the other court and then yeah. they're like oh this actually is hard have you seen any commonalities between like your tennis days and then playing tennis competitively or and then singing any things that you take over it's either seth godin or malcolm gladwell they talk about like idea sex where you take ideas from two different areas and then you merge them together i'm always curious when people have multiple disciplines they're interested in like if you find there's any cross-pollination of oh like this is like something that i picked up in tennis here and you know whether it's a habit whether it's a practice whether it's just a, a mindset trick that also is useful in singing or in production have you found that at all yes and no when i play tennis i think it's just my release to just hit the ball and, and run around and, and make strategy in my head. Sometimes I'm, I'll yell because I'm so upset with how I'm playing and I get angry and frustrated sometimes. But it, tennis is more like a release for me. Singing is just my heart and my brain. Sometimes I, I, I'll put singing in a strategy of how my career should be from tennis but I don't know if singing goes into tennis. So one of the things that would be tough about singing from my perspective, and I don't know if this is true, but I found in like my really creative disciplines like writing or you know, coming up with ideas or even just thinking about business in a new way, I'll get stuck in my head a lot. And so this is like <laughs> sort of a two-parter question where do you get writer's block as a writer, a songwriter? And then I'm curious on one of the things that I always do when I get stuck creatively is I try to go do something physical. And so I try to run or work out or do something like that. And so it sounds like what you're talking about with tennis, where you just like, you don't have to like think in your head all the time and you can yeah. just go, you know, smack the crap out of the ball or, you know, run around and get your frustration out on the court. So let's go back to what do you do when you don't feel like writing or is there ever a time where you're like, I got no melodies today. I'm done. First of all, I'm an overthinker. I overthink everything, okay. which is, can be an incredible thing and sometimes can also like really mess up with my head really bad. I don't believe in writer's block. I think it's a mental thing that you tell yourself, I can't do this. And I don't believe in that. Even if it's not as, you know, I think people put writer's block as how great was my last thing. And it doesn't sound as good as my last thing. So then I'm at a writer's block. I'm not as good as I am. I can't do that because I'm blocking it. No, you just didn't write a you didn't write a good sentence or you didn't write a good paragraph or you didn't write a good song compared to the last song. It's like it's taken me a lot of times to go, "Oh, sometimes you just don't write a good song." Yeah. In the studio today. That's okay. It happens. But tomorrow might be different. Your solution is just show up. Just show up. Be free. I try to put no pressure on myself when I'm in the studio. Yeah. And I don't write every single day. I don't write three times a week. I write when I'm inspired to write, when I'm like, I need to be in the studio. Or if I'm really sad or something like really crazy is happening in my life, I'm like, I need to be in the studio. And I call my manager. We're like, hey, Josh, I need to, Josh, Katie, I need to be in the, I need to be in the studio. You know what I'm saying? And then it just happens. And then when I'm burnt out, I'm like, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. 
So you kind of feel it coming and then you're like, yeah, I'm going to get in there. I feel it coming. Yeah. And I, my process is very fast. Okay. So Lenny will have a lot of beats ready for me. Okay. So I'll hear 10 beats maybe in the first 10 minutes. Okay. I'll be like, nope. Yes. Oh, let me instantly get on that melody. Okay. Next song. Melody. And then I'll be like, I really think that one we did was really good. Let's go back there. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I'm drinking some tequila. Sometimes I'm not. It's just, I make it safe and I make it fun for myself. Okay. Which I've learned. And if it wasn't for Lenny, I don't think I would be um, very free in that studio process. Is he producing all the beats as well? He's producing. Sometimes he's not producing. Sometimes he's um, bringing in music that he knows that I would love. Okay. Or musicians that he thinks I would really vibe with. Yeah. Or I can bring my friends. Yeah. And I get inspired that way. Or maybe it's just one person or anything I want to do. Lenny lets me experience that. That's cool. Yeah. So you'll drink tequila then while you're like coming up with ideas, but not necessarily before you sing. Maybe after. Okay. After I've finished the song. Sometimes I drink. Sometimes I don't. Hemingway has a quote somewhere about write drunk, edit sober. People get it all in their head about, oh, I'm is this as good as my last one? Exactly what you said before. And you take a couple of those inhibitions off and then you're just like, okay, I'm just going to write and it's going to be what it is. Yeah. And then I come back later and be like, okay, that's can be improved. That's terrible. Yeah. And then you actually, but you get it out there and you get it out of your head. And it's funny that creative people tend to, you know, I do this too, but you're like, oh, I've got writer's block. I've got creative blocks. And you're like, well, you know, that doesn't work for any other profession in the world. Like you can't be like, Oh yeah, I have a I have plumber's <laughs> block. I can't go plumbing today. Yeah. You know, I just I just can't do it. So sometimes it's just showing up. Just showing up and I always think it is like say you're gonna fight with someone or one of your friends or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, or you're upset with the situation. You know, you go in the studio and I mean I don't have to make words. My heart is my heart and it just opens up and it just comes out. And I'm like, ooh, that's something there. Let's play with those things. Do you find that it comes out in the studio more? Or like you said, you know, you're walking down the street and you're like, I got something. All the time. I'll be with my friends sometimes. And I really like to talk about my emotions and my friends' emotions. And I can read their emotions. And I'll always be like, what's wrong? Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know? So it's always with me throughout the day. That's cool. Do you ever get bored of a song? Not bored. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, I won't listen to any of my music. At all? Yeah. Like voluntarily. Like I won't be like, oh, I'm going to play bass down. Oh, I'm going to play Can't Hold Us or If You Fall. I never do that. Why not? I don't know. Do you like the way that you sound on recordings or do you sound... The first time I started recording podcasts, Mm -hmm. you have a way that you sound in your head. You have the way that you hear yourself out loud and then you have the way that when you play yourself back... You're like, oh, that doesn't necessarily sound like me at first. Yeah. And so it takes me, like, I listen to all my podcasts to see what I can do to improve and get better, but I don't love doing it because you're like, I don't know. It's probably similar to what you go through, but there's an adjustment initially to hearing how you think you sound versus how other people think you sound or how you actually sound in real life, I guess. (laughs) It's funny you say that. I hate my speaking voice. Really? I hate my speaking voice. I think my speaking voice sounds so feminine. (laughs) <laughs> and um, not that that's a bad thing, but for me, I feel like it makes me a little insecure because people have their judgments of the way I speak. I'm a mama's boy, and they try to put me in 
certain categories or oh you're gay or you're a sweet kid or or how old are you you know <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes it really bothers me but yeah. with my singing voice i'm like who is that is that me <laughs> no i just don't listen to my music just because i see all my songs as like if i had children yeah and they went to college and and they're doing their thing and i'll check on like maybe sometimes what people think of it yeah on youtube or i'll see like the numbers they're doing first rule of youtube is never read the comments i know that's what my <laughs> friend said but i don't read all of them lately for if you fall they're all good <laughs> so i'm like oh okay and then my friend was like stop doing that i was like you're right i shouldn't do this <laughs> The nice part about the song is like, even if the song's not that good, the hook can redeem it. So they're like, you know, I wasn't into that song, but I like what Ray was doing right there. That was nice. So you mentioned, you know, when you're feeling it, you're in the studio a lot, and then maybe you aren't feeling it for a while. Yeah. What's the longest period of time that you've gone without feeling it? Do you get worried? Is it concerning? Or do you just kind of just let it, let it be what it is? The longest time for me not being in the studio, I would say maybe four months five months it's hard when you know when you release when you write a song to when it's getting mixed and mastered to doing press for that and doing you know video shoots and videos you're not you can't really be in the studio it's harder to be in the studio and you're going through other creative ideas now to make that song be bigger than what it can be you know with the music video i think those are always a big way to like have people understand the song or the emotion behind the song. So it's like more creative ways of, of doing the music and the singing. Yeah. It's like putting the finishing touches on yeah. the song to let it be what it can be. Yeah. And sometimes I just want to be inspired by life. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do in life to get inspired in your music? I hang out with my family a lot. I play a lot of tennis, a lot of volleyball. I really love to go travel. Yeah. I love to travel. I love different cultures. I love food. So I love traveling. On my Instagram, I'm always like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> and I don't ever want to, it's not because I'm trying to brag. That, yeah. Oh, look at me. Look where I am. I'm just, I'm really inspired by travel and the world. Yeah, I've always been since I was a little kid. I found showing up in a new location makes your brain work on overdrive and forces you to like make new connections and new things. So something as simple as just showing up in a different place to I talked a couple of weeks ago about doing like quarterly retreats and going somewhere specifically and dropping all of my electronics and everything and just going and being in a spot completely forces your brain to be like more creative just figuring out problems and then it leads over into like business ideas or you know writing or other creativity that like oh I should definitely be doing this more often yes it really does it really helps me it inspires me to um think of concepts for music videos or even like, oh, I want to plan a getaway with my friends and we're going to do this and this and this because I want to like always entertain everyone. And I think that's, it really helps me to just get away. And sometimes I've noticed now, or I no started noticing this maybe two, three years ago, when you're on tour, and I don't know if this is for everyone, but for me, for sure, when I'm home for more than two weeks or three weeks, I freak out what am I doing? I'm a loser. Like I should be going somewhere. I should be working on music or I should be doing this or I should be doing something. And my body just freaks out. It's like, why am I still here? Like we need to leave. And it freaks me out sometimes. 
So what do you do with that then? I just say, you know, just freak out for a little bit. Just re- <laughs> it's just like mostly because I'm used to being with my team and I grew up in a gospel choir. You always travel together. You're in a band. You're you're with so many people. And when you're home and you're not used to being like alone like that so much. And I like being alone. I can be alone for myself for a certain amount of time, but then I'm recharged by people. So I'm like, who wants to hang out? Oh, let's play some board games. Oh, you know, let's go drink tequila. And sometimes, you know, my friends are gone and my family's busy and I'm like, okay, I'm by myself. So I think that's what everything happens. Random aside, are huh? you a board game guy? Oh, of course. What's your favorite board Scategories. Game? Really? Have you ever played Scategories? I know the game and I don't think I've ever actually played a game of it. Really? You said it's okay. a good one. I got really into Catan. I think I played that one time. And then I had a bunch of friends who were like, Catan's like a baby's game. And they, they you know, Catan's not, it's not not complicated. And then they get into these other things. They're like, it's Catan on steroids. And you're like, I don't have enough brain cells to figure out this board game. Like, is this, this is way too smart for me. Some of them are like really hard. I do the more like strategy games. Okay. Categories is definitely, your brain is working for that one. They put a bunch of categories from one to 10. So one will be, Baby names, countries, um, okay, yeah, yeah, baby yeah, yeah. food, and then you roll an alphabetical dice, and it will say B. So all of those have to start with a B, uh, and you have sixty seconds to write. I okay, I've played that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll play that after a couple more. Yeah, I have it at my house, <laughs> and you get double points if you do like like a B B. You know, okay, awesome. When you're getting energized and filled up by your friends, do you have a specific thing that you do to harness that? Like if you go on a vacation with your friends or you do a like an event with your friends and then you get those melodies coming out and you're like on an island somewhere or you're you're gone, do you do anything like recording to your iPhone or find a studio there? Like do you strategically harness that energy that you're getting right then and there, or do you just kinda of wait till you get back home and then get in the studio? I just put it in my cell phone. Okay. Yeah, and I save it. Or I'll send it to Lenny or another producer that I, I enjoy working with. Yeah. You send them something and then they'll be like, that's good, that's bad, or yeah. we'll work with that. Yeah, like, oh, that's really cool. That's a great idea. What do they tell you when it's not such a great idea? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they text back. <laughs> They're like, yeah, about Yeah, that. they'll be like, cool. And then when we get in the studio, they don't even bring it up. And maybe I forgot it or yeah. something, but... I don't really think I, about that. You're like, much, I, I, I don't have tell. any bad ones. There we go. Yeah, they're all gold. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Platinum diamond. What's something that people wouldn't guess about either you or like the artist life that, you know, you have like kind of this image of, okay, you know, life is pretty good. I've done a bunch of hooks, got some singles coming out. Like what's something that people wouldn't necessarily suspect about either your habits, your strategy, your life in general? I mean, everyone always says I'm famous and I just don't believe that. <laughs> I really don't. And I really do not think I'm famous at all. I think... You, um, you walked in the door and the doorman was like, hey, what's up, Ray? And you knew the doorman. You know everybody. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what famous means. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I knew that guy, though. I okay. know him. Okay. I think a lot of people don't know how much like work and emotional work goes into being anyone creative or business successful or or being an athlete i think it's really hard to once you get a certain success 
once you get a certain amount of success or you get success that people can see how emotionally draining it is for yourself and what your brain goes through. I I feel like a lot of people don't ever see that. It's interesting how it's easy to write off people with specific gifts. Like, you know, Ray had this voice at six years old and then, you know, he did this couple year stint, you know, 18 to 21 or whatever it was. Yeah. And then boom. And it's like, oh, he didn't have to work at all. And then you, you don't see six to 18 at all. Like you don't see the, the 12 years of singing that you did right there yeah. or the, the touring or just like the emotional effort that you put in on the actual recording and coming up with all those yeah. melodies and everything. I think it's really easy for creative people to just kind of overemphasize the creativity aspect and underemphasize the work aspect because they say, oh, well, it's coming to me when it's coming to me. And then the thing you mentioned earlier where it's coming to me when I'm in the studio and when I'm like, when I'm showing up and then I'm, you know, recording on my phone or it's not just coming and I'm not doing anything with it. I have the, you have the creativity, but then you have the work and then you throw away the stuff that's not good and you keep working on the stuff that's good. Yeah. I'm really hard on myself. I'm really, really hard on myself. And mixed with overthinking, it's funny you said, oh, you know, it happened so fast. But then after it, you know, I was pretty silent for a couple of years, yeah. you know, and I felt like that was where, you know, oh, my gosh, am I going to ever write another song like that? Or am I good enough? All those things creep into your mind. I didn't have the best team with me. I didn't have a team starting the Macklemore stuff. And during, I didn't find the right people who truly loved me and we're going to go through the ups and downs with me. I struggled for, a, I want to say, yeah, after Can't Hold Us and after working with the guys, I just was burnt out. Yeah. I was really burnt out. And it took me a lot of time to prove my self-belief in, in my craft and in my music career to finding the right team. It happened fast, but now for, for me to do my solo stuff, it's really been a journey. It's been a really long journey. What's been the toughest part about this? This is one of my things that I get really into is, you know, people always see the highlights. It's, you know, they see the vacations, <laughs> Instagram, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they see the singles, they see that come out. They might, you know, people posting, you know, themselves in the studio at, you know, the workouts, like, okay, we see that type of work. But, you know, it's like those two years where you're, you go silent or you're like, you're just tired. Like you went around the world, you did all this yeah. travel, you did these music videos. I'm always curious when people hit hard points, and then how they manage to go through them, whether it's like personal stuff, whether it's music stuff, creativity stuff, business stuff. You know, what were, if you feel okay sharing, yeah. what were what was the hardest thing that you had to go through? And then how'd you manage to push through that? I was just really paranoid. I was very paranoid in meeting new people. I was very paranoid of sending songs to managers or um, label people because I was just like, oh, they could rip me off or I was just paranoid. I was paranoid with people trying to be friends with me. I was worried that out of experience, people would try to be my friend to maybe connect with Ben and Ryan or to further their music career or to munch off me. And not that I can't read people and not see that people are doing that to me. You know, these are people that I've known for a long time. Some people that I went to high school with, you know, you think you have an incredible bond with people. And sometimes people put a face up and that's not truly them. And they can't sustain that face for a long time. And their true colors always come out. So I was just paranoid with all those things. And just insecure of 
not knowing how to deal with that type of success. It hit me really later. It hit me really later, really hard. Yeah. It's like when you came back from that tour then? it's like When I came back, I, I was definitely overwhelmed towards the end. And unfortunately, I stopped all the touring. I was there most of all of it. And then there was just a point where I couldn't do it anymore. So what happens when you started to get paranoid and you're like, you know, you said you mentioned you're self-critical and you're doubting yourself and, you know, is this song any good? Is this hook any good? What did you do to keep sending those clips off or did you stop for a while? Like, what was the process? I to just get through chilled that? out for a minute. I didn't do any music. I mean, I would be in the studio. I've always been working on music, always. But I think I was, I just wanted to just hear my song on the radio really bad. <laughs> uh, and I feel like that for me, that is in a weird way. I don't know why, but I feel like when people hear my music, I'm being successful. So I just was just trying to strategize ways that were i don't know where i could get my songs out if i would say is there like a release that happens when you're able to put the finishing touches on a track and then get it out there is there like a pent-up energy i know sometimes like i'll have projects and they're at 85 or 90 percent done and i'm in my own head so much that i can't get it to 100 because i'm just i'm looking at it too much or i have way too many of my own thoughts on it. Yeah. And so does that happen with your music? And is that where like, having the team come in where you'll have a producer come, Hey, this is good enough. Let's roll with it. Or, you know, your management around that. Is that where they pop in and are able to help out with that? I didn't have a management at the time. I had some people help me out, but we never released anything. I think I was really insecure about releasing music. I also was just, I didn't know what I truly, truly wanted. I didn't like understand in my brain of like what is next for me and what I truly want. So I think I never got to really be like, oh my gosh, we're going to do the finishing touches and my song is going to be released. I never got to experience that until If You Fall was released. So that's a great transition. I was going to say, looking at, you know, what's coming up, you've released a couple singles here recently. And uh, If You Fall has like been on repeat for the last 36 hours for me. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've used the word crooning in a sentence before, but like you are definitely like a crooner. What so does that mean? I think it's like, it's whatever, however your your voice sounds is crooning. I think it's, it's a good thing. It's Isn't like, it? yeah, it's like, it's like soulful, like driving, like okay. it's really good. <laughs> but I think I read a couple of interviews that described it as crooning and I was like, I don't think I've ever used that word before, but like, that's a good description of what Ray's voice sounds like. Well, thank you. So I don't know. It's a good thing. It's a good okay. thing. Okay. It's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get some like dictionary nerd that pops in here like crooning actually means blah, 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 blah. It reminds me of like a witch like putting you in a little <laughs> crooning or like a, you know, I don't know. Maybe we need to come up with a different word then. No, it's cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just an interesting word. Yeah. Crooning. So you've got these couple singles coming out. Mm -hmm. Is that part of an album that you're working on? And what's the, what's the next plans for Ray? You know, I wanted to release music just to release music. Because I had never released, officially released like a single. You know, I was ready. I was ready to do it. And I believed in myself and I was just in a really good place. And I was like, come on, why not? So releasing If You Fall, I was like, you know, my goal is to just release music. I don't know what will happen with it. It'd be great if a label comes and, and picks me up. 
I just need to release music to release music. And then I release bass down. And my mindset is to release four singles and then have an album. But now things have changed. (laughs) Um, Because now some labels are involved. And um, I'm in the middle of experiencing that process of I haven't signed anything yet. I can't really say as much as I'd like to. But I'm in the middle of figuring that out. And I want to release two more singles. And um, yeah. And then I definitely want to release an album after that. Yeah. I was going to ask you a question on that. I don't know if you have an answer yet. But have you found that labels complicate things at all? Or change how you would have to approach or don't you know because... You haven't done it yet. You know, I've never experienced it. I never really knew what was going on with the Can't Hold Us and Ben and Ryan's personal business with how they were doing their strategies. Everyone's heard terrible stories about labels, but, you know, there's also terrible stories being independent, too. So I think for the definitely for the type of art and music that I do is meant to have a big label behind it. Because it's, it's not very underground. It's very poppy soul music, catchy R&B soul pop music. So I'm ex- really excited. <laughs> I really am. I feel that by adding a, you know more people to my team just makes it even bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you know when you started, you were just doing the hooks. And you're like, I love coming in and doing the hooks. You still want to keep doing that as you're releasing your own music? Are you going to be doing like features on other people's stuff still? Or... Do you, uh, just both? <laughs> if it's the right thing, I just, you know, you got to take time for yourself. I want to release music for myself. Ray Dalton music. You know, I'm not really looking to do, I'm always open to do collabs. I always will be till the day I die, but I'm just releasing solo music right now. And if someone comes up to me that I'm totally inspired by and would love to work with, I'm always down. I'm releasing singles for myself too. Do you have a dream artist that you'd like to collaborate with? I have so many. <laughs> Give me top two or three. Top two or three. Let's definitely Lady Gaga. I'm so, oh, I love Lady Gaga. I love Lana Del Rey. I'd love to sing with her. And I'd love to sing with um, Andre Bucelli. Okay. Yeah. All right. I really would. That's a good list right there. I'd love to sing Ave Maria, Christmas time. It's snowing. It's in the middle of the city, somewhere in Italy. Anywhere in Europe (laughs) or South America, I don't care. That's awesome. Is there anything else that's exciting right now that you're like pumped about besides label seems like a big thing? You know, I'm just happy with life. Yeah. I'm happy with life. I'm happy with my family. We've been through a lot. And I think, you know, when everyone's so happy and doing them and I think that's always a beautiful blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any non-musical projects or hobbies or activities you really get into lately? Yes, actually, it sounds so corny. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not corny, but I actually, I'm working on a podcast myself. Oh, really? Yes. Do we need to do an initial launch here? Or no, we, we need to, we need it to doesn't hold it have down. a name yet, okay. but it's about men and the emotions of men and speaking on those things and opening those things, you know, with okay. different type of people. Okay. Yeah. So when's that? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so focused with music. Yeah, it's yeah. more like a side project okay. for fun cool. type of thing. Well, let me know when that is ready and I will. I'll give it a plug. <laughs>
Is there anything that if someone's looking at, broadly speaking, you know, singing, but just in general, creative, like if you could give people one or two pieces of advice from a creative work, because, you know, we have a lot of people that listen that either running their own business need creativity in some way, shape or form, or writers or, or just, you know, tapping into that side of thing, you know, for a creator of any sort, what would be your like main piece of advice? You know, don't let too many people inside your vision, because people have so many opinions on that. So that's one. When too many people get involved, it really messes up. So that'd be the number one thing. Makes you question things even more. Yeah, you don't like, need to. I've got to. enough questions you here already. You don't need to. You have already all that for yourself. Yeah. Two, I think doing it as many times as you possibly can. Singing, writing, making your product be as great as it can be makes it so much easier when it gets out in the water. You know, you got to sing every day. You got to write as much as you can. Now I'm, I know the whole interview I was talking about, oh, I'm a mood writer. But when I was doing music, I was doing it as much as I possibly could. When I need to work on things, I do it as much as I could. And, you know, I think what helps me is to always have a friend or business partner who's kind of can relate to you. Mm. They want the same thing. And you guys can talk about those things together. It's always important to have someone that believes in you, but that also can just help you brainstorm emotionally Yeah, with those things. It's always helped me. They know what you want and they're on the same page with yeah. you. Too. Yeah. I found you get worried sometimes. So you're like, oh, I should ask more people and get more opinions to make sure this is really good. And as soon as you do that, it's like your laser focus and you know, your small group that like knows where you're trying to go with it. Yeah. You can just be open to people like, why don't you do something 180 degrees from what you were talking about? And yeah. Like, throws you off course and then things get even worse. You know when it's not right. You know when the meal doesn't taste good. Yeah. You got to make the meal taste really uh, good. That's good. You I like know? that. It's one of those things that I think you can only figure out if you keep doing it. Yes. And so I like that. Yeah. You got to make sure the meal tastes good. I think that's a good place to end. It's, I think so that's too. That's not bad. So uh, if people want to find out more of your stuff, what's the best places for them to find it? And my Instagram is at Ray Dalton Music. I post everything really what's going on in my life on Instagram. They also can go to RayDalton.com for any updates on music and, and the same thing. I'll, uh, I'll put links to that in the show notes. And then I'll put your, if you fall, latest single down there as well all right man this was fun thank you so much for having me this yeah. is awesome thanks for doing it again let me know uh when your podcast is ready and when your new album's ready and we'll uh do it again i will awesome man thanks thank you so much all right there we go thanks for listening to the show guys i had a great time hanging out with ray sitting down with him and talking about his creative process if you guys want to see more shows like this the best way you can help me out and do that is to go over to itunes stitcher Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts these days, go leave a rating review. It helps us reach more people. It's the number one way that more people find out about us. So go check it out. If you can leave a review, that'd be great. And if you can't, or you already have, go just tell someone about it. Tell them to download it, subscribe, check it out. If you want to support the show in other ways, go ahead on over to impossiblegear.com. Pick up an Impossible shirt and remind yourself that, hey, maybe you're going to become a platinum selling musical artist. But also, If you're not, you can still knock something off your impossible list. Go push your limits. Do something impossible. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if you're going to have to be uncomfortable, you might as well wear comfortable gear while doing it. Impossible gear shirts, most comfortable gear you're going to be wearing ever. 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 That's a strong word. 
sticking with it. Impossiblegear.com. Get it as a daily reminder to keep pushing your limits and always stay on your limit. Also, check out movewellapp.com, 10-minute mobility routines to help you get stronger, get faster, and start moving well. You got to take care of your bodies, got to take care of your minds, and if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to push yourself as far as you can go. In training, I always say there's no such thing as overtraining. There's just under recovery, so you got to make sure you're taking care of your body. 10 minutes a day, mobility routines that walk you through step-by-step what you have to do so you're never wondering what to do next. I built it for myself, and we've got great feedback on it, so check it out at movewellapp.com. It's free to download, so there are literally no excuses on why you can't do this. Check it out, movewellapp.com, 10-minute mobility routines. All right, that's it for me. I've got some outro music here for you guys by Ray. It's one of his newer songs, so I'm going to play that out. We've got another great show coming up for you next week. Same time, same place. But until then, keep pushing your limits and do something impossible. Take it back Now I can, now I can Take it back Everything that I said You were right You were right by my side Now I know, now I know I was wrong You drive me mad But I drown in your love forever Still I'll be I will be the dark that keeps you brighter Keeps you brighter